Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 8, season 21. Season 21, it's scary to even think about. Um, I haven't had the privilege of having a pro with me last week, uh, and I'm not talking about a lady, I'm talking about John Desborough. Um, we've got kind of, we kind of go back to the amateurs a little bit this week. Um uh, last week we, we dedicated approximately 10 seconds of the podcast to Jack's white bits. Um, so Jack Bengen is back with us with, with, with tan lines and tanstrums. Hello, Jack Bengen. Hello, Tony Simpson. Thanks for the lovely introduction. Well, it, it is, because to be fair, you've got a little bit edgy recently, and I thought there was nice, nice alliteration, which I thought you'd appreciate with the letter T. Yeah, very nice. I didn't, I didn't realise I'd become edgier, but uh, apologies. For, no, for no, no, no. This is why this is this is why we have you, Jack. To be honest with you, 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 you kind of you, you like the edgy comedian now. That's that's why we have you on. Not because you're funny. Well, sometimes you're funny. To be fair, I'm going down a rabbit no hole. I really didn't want to go there. Um, and, and also, um, returning is the man who put the whole of last week's podcast recording back because he just plain forgot. Some call him champs. This week, I'm calling him chump. Ryan Champion. Hello. Well, I didn't quite forget yes you I did just, well I've got, I've got text messages to prove it i can tweet these so just be careful well i didn't really forget i just forgot at the time you wanted to record it so you forgot i'll well, tell you what i'll tell you what ryan champion in the court of law that's it that's that's going to be a very very shaky defense but i did send you a nice picture of the balmoral estate instead didn't i yeah but that really works on a rally podcast oh okay well it was a nice gravel road it, yeah, it wasn't fair. Let's be honest with you. That's the, probably the, the, not, the closest we're going to get to one. Yeah, I know. Um, so, and, and last up, we've got our own Dr. Fraser Crane. Uh, his podcast feels like he has more people on his couch these days than an IKEA demonstrator. Dr. Mr. Magoo. Sorry, Trevor Agnew. Welcome back to Absolute Rally, Trev. Where do you see, where do you hear this week's guest? You'd be blown away by him. Um, where's your new mate, John, then, this week? Uh, John, 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 John stood down this week. John will be back with us next week. Oh, uh, part-timer, is he? Okay, well, fair we've, enough. We, we've got Back a, to the B-team, man. We, we've got a rolling squad system. We've got a rolling He's squad system. Dungannon. He is in Dungannon, <laughs> and that's exactly where he is. He's delivering the book to somebody in Dungannon. Well, Dorset's finest. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. So, uh, so, so, yeah, where he is. Um, yeah, put your hand back down now, Trev. So, who, who is the guest this week, or are you not going to tell us? Uh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Well, he's going to yeah. come out of a box. It's a friend of Champs, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sir Chris Hoy. Wow. Wow. There you go. Wow. You're buddies, aren't you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, from a few years ago when he uh, did some skids in the Subaru around Sweetland. Yeah. 2013. May as well give up now, Tony. If he's got, <laughs> if he's got Hoy, then he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's winning a podcast battle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all over, isn't it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take this moment to say thank you for the downloads <laughs> over the last 10 years. It's been a pleasure to, to bring various people to you, but obviously none of which have got letters after the name. Um, some of my co-hosts have definitely put letters after their name. But um, yeah, so there you go. So that's the end of the podcast, folks. It's been a pleasure. Good night. God bless. I think the letters are before his name, <laughs> by the way. Are they? <laughs> S-A-R. I thought yeah. Stefan Prevost would be a much more likely person to kill the Absolute Rally podcast than Trevor Agnew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And you know what? It's quite funny is that I still get messages. I'm genuinely not making this up. I think I had a message about the Stefan Prevo episode two weeks ago. So uh, just to, just to give you some some kind of context with regards to um, how ref and 
the more we talk about it, the more people who didn't hear it then drop me a message and go, can you tell us what episode <laughs> Stephen Bevel was on? It's, got it's this February kind of 2018, wasn't it? I think <laughs> it's, it's going to say you probably know better than me. Um, <laughs> I think I think we should send it to the sun, do it properly. Send it to the sun? Yeah. Which, you're not talking about the newspaper, surely? No, no, no. I was I'm just about to say, Jesus. Really? That's, that's, that's one way to kill a podcast straight away there. Yeah. That's, that's killed the vibe, Trev. I think the kids would say that's killed the vibe. That's killed me. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, right. You mentioned the other week, by the way, um, that was the was it you who mentioned it or somebody mentioned? I can't quite remember whether it was actually John last week, whether there was ever a stage where nobody came out of. And you know what? The lovely people at EWRC actually sent me details of the stage where nobody came out of it. Is that true? No, I didn't mention it. God, really? There yeah, was a stage I'm, I'm, nobody I'm, came out of. I'm, I'm trying to find it now because he sent me a lovely message on it. Um, and they sent it to me on Messenger, on my personal Messenger. So I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm, I'm actually looking for it as we speak now. You know, but, you know, you tell us you prepare for this podcast. You've just literally undone your good work there, haven't you? You know, it's just quite, it just literally came into my head at that precise moment because I thought it was you that said it. And I thought, oh, this could be quite... You know, I'm, I'm going to fill in a blank here for, for for Ryan Champion, who normally knows everything about everything. Although I've had loads of messages about the Kielder competition, and I've took great pleasure in pointing out to people that um, even Ryan Champion didn't get it. So good luck. <laughs> um, can I, just no, before I, we just, go- I just came up. I just came up with an alternative answer. Right. Just before yeah. we go any further, Jack, how are you getting on with the Kielder comp? I think I'm one short, but to be fair, I've not emailed you my answers, have I? So I should probably do that. And then I'll, I'll do that today, and then you can take the mic out of me next week for how many I've got wrong when I think I've got one wrong, but I've probably got seven wrong. Full disclosure, right, I, I completely and utterly had about three at best, and I even had the answers. So that doesn't say a lot for me, really, does it? So, yeah, there you go. But what a, what a competition. And we've got, we've genuinely had more emails in for this competition than ever before. Now. I put it out as a Twitter poll the other day, and I want your take on it, boys, before we get into all the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about. Um, if you've, it should, should the first answer be the only answer, or should we allow multiple entries, so to speak? First, first answer. answer only. First answer only. That was, that was both Ryan and Jack Bengian. Trevor Agnew. No, no clues. No clues. <laughs> We definitely I mean, on, first on answer only. On Mastermind, they always give you, oh, no, it's all right. You got it wrong. I tell you what, have another go. They always do that, don't they? Oh, no, they don't. That's right. Ooh. Jeez. And I thought Jack was the egg. He won. It's, it's clearly Ryan Champions. Definitely. Definitely. Is it? Is it? Is it? I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. You, can, you can tell he's been upset by not getting them all right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely has been upset by not getting them all right. Um, I did get them all. I just came up with an alternative answer. Told you that. There's two answers. There's two options for one answer. That's well, why they're both listed in your answers. And and, and that's your fantastic. Now copy. that's that's going to absolutely blow the minds of the people listening. Going. Well, well, if, there's one that, if there's one that somebody can't decide on, is it that or is it that? Well, it could be either. Yeah, I, I think I know the one you mean. Is it? Is it? No, we won't make. No, don't don't give don't give the number away. All right, it's listen. Not, it's it's not the yellow one. Put it that way. It's not the yellow one. Okay. All right. Um, boys, we, obviously, we had, we had our debutant last week. We had John back on last week. So you boys, joking aside, we're, we're obviously all busy. Um, but uh, John and I briefly spoke about um, what's gone on over at Toyota and, and, and Tommy's move, which I was very, very surprised 
about at first glance. And then I took a backward step and probably thought about it a little bit more and thought, this is probably uh, uh, the perfect the, the, the perfect situation for Tommy's specifically. You know, he's, he's kind of built something and, and, and got out of it. But I'll come to you first, Trev. What was your first take on it? Um, I didn't see it coming. First half as well, quite a surprise. But yeah, it's a good exit strategy, isn't it? I don't know how many years he's been there, four or five, sold a whole lot, kept TMR, off he goes, does a bit more farm and enjoys his weekend a bit more. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, and again, there was. I never got the impression, Jack, that there was going to be a plan of, 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 of an exit strategy, That's, and that is the actual correct term, which Rev's just used there. Um, we always thought this was going to go on. Do you, do you think this has been accelerated by what's going on in the world at the moment, or do you think this was was kind of always planned? I don't think there's a plan um, or, or like a long term plan. Obviously, uh, you know, this sort of stuff doesn't happen overnight, but I definitely think it's been uh, something that's come about recently. So, yeah, um, you know, like you've kind of hinted at, I think, uh, you know, I don't think Tommy ever wanted to get back into the WRC full time. And obviously the, the kind of Toyota situation presented itself. And that's the kind of situation that you, you don't turn down, isn't it? And, you know, there was all that speculation when Toyota first entered and that Tommy was going to be running it, that people thought, um, you know, that was a bad move and that his operation wasn't capable of doing it. And he's, he's proved all those people wrong. Um, he's done a fantastic job and, and yeah, as, as Trevor said, now he gets to enjoy his weekends a bit more and go back to, to what he was doing before. And, you know, I think the, I think the key thing is, you know, Tommy's built a fantastic operation and, you know, no one can say that he's not done a great job since he's been there. But I think he'd be the first person to admit that the team principal role probably isn't the, the ideal job for him and the kind of, um, you know, we've seen in recent years since there's fewer, you know, manufacturers in the WRC, it's become so much more important to manage teammates and, and inter-team rivalries. And I don't think Tommy is, you know, the perfect person for that. Um, you know, people skills and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think Tommy's Tommy's good at that sort of thing, but I definitely wouldn't say that he, he would uh, describe that as his uh, his forte. So, you know, I think uh, it's the perfect time. He's built the program. Uh, you know, all the you know the the stuff's in place for for Toyota to come in and you know he gets to to step back and, and focus on some new challenges um Ryan champion um i think we've i think we've we've well and truly covered it there but is this is this another case of um because i think most of us forget that i suppose um it was tommy mackinnon's operation it was you know tantamount with, with a lot more money, of course, to, to, to M Sport, in that it was run as a as a as a as a project, and they were representing the brand. Now, obviously, it, it it's gone fully in house. Yeah, it it has, um, and I'll hold judgment on whether it's a good thing or not, and and disagree slightly with what's been said because I think um, whilst uh, whilst I agree to, well, partially agree with what Jack just said, I think. Tommy Mackinnon has clearly been, he's, a, he's been a divisive character, I think, in the, in the team. And we know that some people have come, some people have gone. But he's created a, a winning mentality. He's a four times world champion. He's created a winning team. And, and he's been the driving force behind that team. He's led that team and made it into, into a winner. And corporate companies don't have a good record of running motorsport teams. Look at Toyota's F1 program. Uh, look at Hyundai's rally program, honestly, until it got uh, an inspirational leader in place. Um, look at Subaru once once David Richards took a step back or ProDrive once once uh, David Richards took a step back from running the team day to day. 
it'll be interesting to see who they replace him within the management structure because I think it needs that that inspirational leader to drive the team forward to make them winners. If it's if it's done by committee, which it can be when you come to big corporates, it doesn't work. Is this and, and I go I suppose the extreme we go to you've just mentioned of course what happened with the F one team, right? Is this kind of what happened with, with, with Citroen as well? Um yeah, I mean, maybe it was. Uh, you know, again, in the past, when when they had the likes of uh, of Guy Frecklard, uh, things were were very very successful. Again, a, a driven uh, competitor, um, maybe even Maton as well. But uh, yeah, possibly. I, I think. Uh, you can't underestimate the leader of whichever team it is. Like I say, whether it's F1, whether it's rallying, we've seen it all across motorsport. You need a, a you need somebody at the top who makes decisions. And as, as soon as um, things are done as an agreement, like I said, between a committee, it takes longer to make decisions. It makes longer to develop a car. Um, it's uh, I think it's an important position that they need to fill very quickly if if tommy is to actually step back from from day-to-day operations i think it's going to be interesting to to, to see moving forward um we've we, I, th- I think we've debated this before but i think uh, all the toyota drivers jack uh, are all are all there next year anyway aren't they so that there's at least some continuity there yeah um just want to uh, first of all say um i think ryan's absolutely right i think when when you posed the original question, Tony, it was more about you know what's next for for Tommy, but for for the for the team, it's a definitely a bad thing for me. Um, you know, like I said, he's he's probably not um, you know the person you would um, write um, you know in terms of his characteristics, he's probably not the best person in the world to run a team. But as Ryan rightly pointed out, he's proven that he's the right he's been the right person for that program and has led it to, to a lot of success despite a lot of a lot of doubt and a lot of criticism to to start that program so yeah it's definitely a you know until we see who's going to replace him for Toyota and how that's going to work you know that's definitely a, a tricky thing um, you know because Toyota are going to have to run this operation you know from from what we've read so far it looks like it's going to continue in, in Finland and Estonia so that's you know that's going to be a a Japan run sort of uh, Finnish Estonian operation, quite similar to the Formula One team in a, in a way, I guess, which was based in Germany. So um, there's a lot of questions to be answered about how that whole thing is going to going to work, and I think uh, it's definitely a you know a poor thing for the team in general. You know, I think they're lucky with, as, as you mentioned, Tony, the, the drivers that are in place. I think they're all um, you know strong individual characters, but willing to work as part of a team. They've all um, you know work strongly together in the past and uh, are all people who you know i think care more about success than they do about their own individual um you know needs at any one time i think so you know i think they've proven that they can all work together as a team and you know i think the from from a driver's standing they're probably well set but you know that can that can be skewed quickly and can can uh, you know become a problem quite quickly when you've got big um, you know big characters around. So you know you do need that person in place, and I think you know we'll, we'll be interested to see who they choose. And to be honest, we don't really seem to have any idea who's going to be at the minute. So um, you know, interesting stories. Keep an eye on over the, the coming weeks. I just wonder whether it'll be somebody from from within. Um, could we see could we see somebody like I don't know maybe Tom Fowler step into that type of position, Jack? It's possible, but I think you know the reason why um, you know that car is so good is because it's the engineering's been led by Tom Fowler, and uh, you know it's, I guess it's quite rare to see a sort of fundamental engineer um, you know design such a good car and then be pushed into the kind of more uh, diplomatic sort of 
um, role. So I definitely, in a similar way to, to the to the fact that Tommy probably wasn't the ideal person to begin with to lead that program. I don't think Tom's the right person to take over now, but you know they might go that way and, and decide that you know he's um, he's proven himself as, as as someone who could take that role and, and bring those sort of pieces of the puzzle together. So he's definitely a very talented engineer and someone I think from from my understanding that inside the team people enjoy working with him and um you know um is a you know a very very strong engineer and was has proven that with with the car that he's kind of headed up so um he might be someone they look at but um you know i think um it's it's it, they'll be drawing up a shortlist at the moment i think of, of quite a few different people and you know it's possible it'll be someone from in the team and it's possible it's someone from from outside as well trev when when adamo was appointed um you know people within probably the sport knew uh, his character um, especially running the customer side and stuff like that but there's no kind of there's no test bed for anywhere to go is there it's not like you know any other I suppose um, there's no other sport like WRC in the sense of you know you can go and earn your stripes somewhere you know with another team maybe um, you know another rally team you know there isn't really many other teams um, outside of it, obviously there's lots of little private teams, but that's a hell of a, it's a hell of a difference from going into into a manufacturing-driven team. So it's it, it it's almost like a, uh, is it wing, you know wagging the finger in the air type thing? It, it, because there's there's nobody there's, you know there's nowhere where you can go and go well he's earned the stripes, is there? No, you go and get the best. Um, so first off, who did Adamo take over from an engineer, Michel Nandon? So that clearly didn't work for Hyundai. Um, you go and get the best. Yoss Capital, where's he now? He's your uh, man. Okay. Big call. But yeah, I can see the logic in that. Well, it's not a big call. He's clearly very good at what he does. His Ford days. He, he, he did a brilliant job at Volkswagen. Um, I'd go and find him, see what he wants to do. Wow. Not even thought, to be honest. And, and, there, and there is the, the problem, isn't it, right? It, it's, it's until somebody pulls somebody out the hat like that, where you go, actually, you know what, that'd make perfect sense. That, that there wasn't anybody in my, my mindset anyway. Ah, oh, yeah. Like, like Trev said, I mean, a, a good name there that, that Trev's pulled out. I'd have to sit and think about it. But yeah, I mean, there's, there is experience around. There's plenty of experience around. And, you know, and, and who knows? It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, a rally team even. I guess, I guess it could be from within elsewhere in motorsport, but it, it does need to be a, a leader, I believe. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, boys. Um, we'll, we'll move away from the, the, the Tommy story for the time being something which, I also touched upon last week, but I wanted to talk to you guys about it, which was obviously what's going on in the world at the moment. We've been talking about lots of things, reduced budgets and reduced vents and things like that. And, you know, one of the stories that was shared about, I think it was last week, was uh, with regards to Hyundai uh, and the Korean Union uh, agreeing to freeze the wages due to COVID fallout. Apparently, Hyundai's global sales are down by 33%, uh, according to this particular uh, article. Um, that's reported by the Korean Herald to give it a little bit of um, a, a little bit of credibility, I guess, to some degree. Um, but apparently, there's, there's going to be a vote at any time now with regards to uh, maybe gifting of shares to some of the some of the um, some of the employees as well as a, as a bit of an offset. But where I'm going, giving a bit of backstory to this, and as I say, we did touch upon it last week, um, Trev, is that uh, we've now got a situation where you know uh, global car sales. Have um, according to this article for for for, for Hyundai, have plummeted. Some some manufacturers, I think, are, are doing okay. I'm you know I'm hearing different things, uh, certainly at local level from main dealers and stuff like that, where 
certain brands are, are, you know, I can't get enough stock in at the moment. So I'm kind of at odds with this one a little bit, but you know, there's definitely going to be a look at things. And if, if, you know, the mothership, if we'll call it the mothership are doing those types of things, then what, what's that going to spell for rally? Yeah, and this is a debate we had. We, we've actually talked about this certainly in the past. Uh, that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. No doubt about it. You think two thousand and eight was bad? I know certainly in the UK when the job retention scheme finishes and whatever the top up side of things. I, I've never, I've never known as many people losing their jobs already, and that's not to count the whole health side of things. So we have no comprehension of how bad it's going to be and how we're going to get out of it. And inevitably, motorsport is going to take a hammering. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I think so. I think so. Um, Jack, you know, from, from obviously the, the, the sources from, from a newspaper over there, so we, we will take it at face value for the time being. Rather oh, than, never trust those. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tr- never trust a journalist. Um, but we've got to take it on face value. We know that High and I obviously have gone big. Um, especially with, with, since Adamo's been there. To be fair, their setup, even before Adamo got there, was probably one of the most, the most amazing setups in terms of WRC I think I'd ever seen in the years I'd worked in it. Um, you know, they, they have gone big. Obviously, they've gone big with the driver lineup this year. We, we, we know that's going to be reduced next year. Um, but uh, it's concerning when you start looking at what's going on. And, you know, I suppose, we only, it, it, it's, it's not that long ago since we've seen someone like Volkswagen walk away and before that, Subaru walk away. Yeah, it's uh, a tricky one and not to uh, bring more doom and gloom, but we've got Brexit approaching as well, which is going to have a, a massive effect on the, the car market, I think, as well, especially, or, you know, obviously that's a bit Europe centric, but that's going to have a big effect as well. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, problems facing the car industry for sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good move by Hyundai to to try and uh, limit things and 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 keep everything in order. It's you know it's a it's a difficult one. You know, all of the you know all of the big car manufacturers that are involved in motorsport are going to be evaluating their programs for for next season um, from a from a PR point of view. You know, can we continue to to do this and and spend money on this while you know people are losing jobs and and things are difficult. You know, it's a, a topic we've you know discussed in in great depth before. But I think for Hyundai, obviously, you know, you mentioned it being such a you know, an expensive program when it first started and, and that's true. And, you know, obviously it takes a lot of money to run a program, but, you know, hopefully the fact that they've got a lot of the logistics in place and they've got a lot of experience in the WRC of how it works now, you know, that's brought some of those, you know, initial costs down or at least mitigated the fact that they don't need to repeat those costs every year. So, um, there's ways to save money to, to obviously, um, you know, move things around and, and, you know, I don't think they're spending as much as they, they were when they first came into the sport, but obviously the, the next rules package as well, um, is, is going to be vital for how much Hyundai need to spend. And, uh, you know, that's another thing that seems to be kind of still up floating in the air at the minute, which is understandable due to the, you know, the current climate, but also, you know, teams need to be planning how much they can, you know, that they need to allocate. So it's a very difficult situation all around from, from a manufacturer point of view, from a team point of view, from a championship point of view. And, you know, those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are going to fall into place probably a little bit quickly than what we were used to. And there's going to be some big stories and, 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 and big things emerging in, in the coming months ahead of next year. Right. It's a great point that, that, that Jack's just made there. You know, we all have, uh, I suppose, is it a social conscience? You know, to some degree where we go, you know, I know certainly from, from a personal point of view, um, 
from from my business's point of view, could I justify in my head, even at my level, going rallying if I wasn't, you know, if I was going to lay people off or, or or whatever, or people were furloughed, and, and you know, we came to the conclusion that we wouldn't do anything while our businesses were in that particular mindset and you know fortunately we, we you know we didn't have to do anything like that in fact we've we've actually took people on but that's a different conversation for a different day but you know certainly a lot of these teams a lot of these manufacturers and of course when we start getting into the sponsors side of it as well they're going to have to you know it's not just the, the manufacturers it's surely it's going to be the sponsors of some of these teams where they go well we're laying off x amount of people how can we put x amount of millions into a rally program yeah it's absolutely true and i mean we saw it back in 2008 with the japanese manufacturers you know they they pulled out some of it from a, an economic point of view but but some of it just um uh, you know that we know the japanese are honorable people and, and they couldn't be seen to be competing in world motorsport and spending millions while they were laying staff off um the the korean culture is a little bit different to that and i guess the the good thing that maybe plays into the hands of the World Rally Championship is is Hyundai want to beat Toyota in the world market. They're desperate to, to beat Toyota in, in the world market. And, you know, that's that's very much who they're competing against on a day-to-day basis in the showrooms. So, um, you know, that's that's got to be a good thing. If they stepped away from the World Rally Championship, they're leaving their one of their, or arguably their biggest rival, um, with a, an open goal to uh, to go and score the victories, but um, yeah, I think we all know that uh, it's going to be a tough environment uh, for the foreseeable future, um, and it, uh, it it is a time where we're rallying, uh, and this comes back to what we've been talking about over recent weeks. Rallying has to be reactive to the demands of the manufacturers. Um, it has to listen to the manufacturers it's got because we can't afford to lose them. As, as we see from M-Sport, to try and compete as a, a, a manufacturer-supported private team, should I say, is that the best way of putting it, it, it is almost impossible nowadays with the, with the level of... Uh, you know, of commitment from the other two big players. Um, if we just had one in there, you know, that would probably make the situation far worse as well. So uh, WRC has to respond to, to their needs at the minute and, and do what they can to, to keep our big players. I think so. We've actually got Rich Milner joining us a little bit later on the podcast talking about the trials and tribulations, what they've gone through uh, in their return and obviously what's what's going to happen moving forward as well. So uh, stay stay with us for that one. Um, just talking about people possibly you know, not, not being laid off as such, but certainly we're, we're, we're getting stories that, you know, will we see? I'm going to come to you first, Jack. It's a no brainer. Will we see Sebastian Loeb in a high and die again next year? <laughs> That's an interesting one. I think a, a lot of that will depend on what happens with his Dakar program because there's a lot of talk, obviously, that he could replace, um, you know, Fernando Alonso vacating his Dakar seat to to go to Renault in Formula One next year. So there's a there's a vacant seat at Toyota, and I think if if Seb does Dakar with Toyota, then I doubt he does uh, WRC with Hyundai. So yeah, a lot to be um, decided over coming weeks to be honest my opinion hasn't changed much even after turkey from from when we talked about this last time i think you know uh, i think he's had his run now and i think um you know the, there's maybe maybe time to step aside and, and and let some younger drivers in there's a lot of younger drivers knocking on the door now and the opportunities there to to bring some in we've got you know quite a few good drivers on the sidelines now who who aren't getting that opportunity um in the wrc full-time look look at mickelson and, and breen the likes of so um you know, I think um, 
you know, I think for me, either I'd like to see Sebastian do a full year, which he's not going to do, or, or not at all, really, and, and to focus on other projects. That's just my personal opinion, and obviously it's completely up to him what he does. But, um, yeah, I think I think we'll most likely see him join Toyota for Dakar and therefore not be available for, for Hyundai for next year. I wonder if that means he'll be in a Toyota, or could we persuade him, Ryan Champion, to, to, <laughs> to, to put all his pay, pay demands to one side and go and go, just, just nip up the M6 and go and do a few few little appearances for for the, for the little team we know up there. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, not entirely sure about that, and <laughs> and uh, it'd be it'd be good to see. But uh, there's there's one thing if uh, if we saw him in a, a Toyota at Dakar, I don't think we'd see him in a Toyota in uh, in WRC because uh, there's another Frenchman that wouldn't uh, wouldn't take too kindly to that. That could be an awkward chat, couldn't it? That's the new boss coming in. Just, just, if we, Seb, Seb Ogier, can we just sit down? Yeah, lovely to meet you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, just so you know, <laughs> Joe, that yeah. bloke Globe, you remember him? Yeah. He's going to come in and do a couple of events. You're all right with that, aren't you? It's, it's not going to be an issue, according to your former colleague, David Evans, Jack, because he's 99.9% sure I think he's going to pro drive for Dakar. So, it's it's not going to happen, clearly. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Ninety nine, but there's, there's, so there's, there's, there's technically point one of percent, Trev. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm not great in maths, like, but when was the last time that man was wrong for something like that? Well, strange things have happened. Indeed. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, so we need to crack on because we're 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 we're, we're gonna. Um, so, um, Ryan Champion. We no, we 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 technically didn't get anybody answering your question correctly. Um, if you remember, you set your own little quiz, um, and we didn't get any correct answers. I, I did, but I still think I still think we have a couple of winners for for making the effort. Okay, and, well, and getting a correct answer, if not the correct answer. Okay, well, I'm going to come back to that next week. We'll we'll, we'll sift through because we've got loads of answers that have come in now um, for obviously the main quiz, the wheel quiz, the wheel of fortune quiz. Um, or the wheel that could cost me a fortune quiz um, <laughs> probably should be described as so I'll, I'll fish out those answers and um, we'll work out something from, from Ryan's collection maybe a Subaru something like that that Ryan will give away <laughs> the sorry you just broke up there yeah, 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 yeah. I can well imagine. Um, right, so um, just just very, very quickly, I am going to just blast through these um, with regards to, uh, so far, uh, Will Atkins, uh, Mark Brotherhood, um, John Hawkins, uh, Nathan Dillon, Connor McClawley, uh, Gavin Shannon, Joe Walker, um, Duncan Lewell, Bertie Redfern, uh, Matthew Jackson, and they're the first ones that I, I could keep kind of scrolling down. Quinting James, um, we've had we've had lots and lots in. We're not actually going to announce the winners. What we're going to do, we're going to keep it open. We're going to keep it open, and then on the final episode of this particular season, we're going to do a draw. We've decided because we've had that many answers, and we spoke to the guys at Kielder, so we're going to do a bit of a draw on this. So even though you may have had the fastest fingers getting your answers in first, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get dibs on 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 the winning items and the way it's going to work is a little bit and this is the guys from kielder um we will just draw there'll be item one and we'll make a draw on that item two we'll make a draw on that item three we'll make a draw on that so that's the way it's going to work so please 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 keep your entries coming in um just one thing we inadvertently got tagged in on boys um this this could be a one word almost um best stage side food um 
quite literally for shits and giggles. Um, we got tagged in this and it's, it's turned into a massive, um, trail of, 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 of people talking about it. It started from, from, from Dan, uh, a final 10th who was, who was missing about, who was, who was complaining about stage side catering or rather missing stage side catering. And then all of a sudden we got tagged in this whole thing. Um, and British Rally Media then said we should have some kind of survey on it. Um, I'm not convinced we should have a survey on it. But it's definitely a topic for conversation. So I'm just going to say, Brian Champion, was the best place you've ever had food at a steak side? Uh, there's not many memorable ones. I, no, have to I didn't say. think there would be. Uh, um, but the, there is a, um, uh, a van that does a pulled pork baguette at Croft. Uh, and I have to say, that pulled pork baguette with apple sauce, when you're hungry... Bear in mind uh, that you've been during, all over the world. During the Christmas stages, like when it's minus 10, it tastes quite good. All over the world. Ah, I know, but I can't really remember many stage side they're, catering. They're, they're with the, really there's good. where the alcohol kicks in. <laughs> um, Jack Bengen? Uh, I've had a three-course buffet before, stage side. Oh, you've been in the VIP section, haven't you? Yeah, at the, yeah. the Neil Howard stages at Orton Park. Yeah, you see, different world. Different world. Hey, you're not doing that this uh, year, are you? No, to be fair, um, I've never actually done it technically, uh, actually rally stage side, uh, yeah. um, only before. Okay. Or, or during. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, no, I uh, don't, think, don't think we're planning to, I don't really know, to be honest. No, you, you, your entry's not in. Can't see That's the organisers. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. Anu, your uh, best takes out food? Hot dog 2015 Swedish rally, some marshals at the stock control. Absolutely lovely. There you go. There you go. Um, I can't, honestly, there's none of them that stick out. The only thing I will say is going back to my younger days of going into, going into like rally GB, going into a forest. And this is before we had pens and stuff like that. So you're going into the forest. It's dark. You're kind of using the force. You're inadvertently standing on people you can't actually see there. And then you find your little section and then you realize that you can go and get a bacon butty not far away. And that bacon butty when you can just about smell it, when it fires up, when you can hear the bacon sizzling just in the distance, you go, oh, that's just going to be amazing. And you are so hungry. You've been up at four o'clock in the morning. It's now 6 a.m., but it feels like the middle of the day because you've been up for so long. That bacon butty has always been the best bacon butty for me. So there you go. So very Alan Partridge-esque. The guys well, at Keel that I love that. I thought you were going to say spinal column in a bap. <laughs> Do we need to give that context or should we just leave it there? Just leave it. All right, fine. I'll just leave it there. It's parked there. Yeah, go and, go and seek that out. Um, right, boys, believe it or not, we, we're headlong into any other business. I've got two any other businesses this week. Uh, we're going to do Jack Benning's first. Jack Benning, your any other business for episode eight, season 21. Uh, I have to start my any other business with an admission. I've not yet listened to last week's episode. Right. So... I should have to do some sort of forfeit for that, really, shouldn't I? I don't know what it is. You you, you lot can decide that. Okay. Um, But I just wanted to uh, sort of credit the hard work done behind the scenes by uh, Rally for Wales to to get another agreement done for Welsh Forest Rally. Good man. That was one of mine. That was one of mine. Well, I'll let you go into a bit more detail, but I I just know from from my kind of beat working for, for Motorsport News that... Rally for Wales did so much behind the scenes that people will, people don't know and will never know because, you know, it's private and there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, fingers in the pies there when it comes to doing deals with governments and government bodies and, and all that kind of stuff. But 
suffice to say, I think maybe we wouldn't be rallying in Wales right now if it wasn't for Rally for Wales. And that's not me making a stupid, absolute rally exaggeration or, or anything like that. I think, you know, I, I genuinely actually believe that. So, um, their continued work and I know um, Jamie Edwards if you follow them on social media was um, you know wanted to point out that Richard Keane's the you know the kind of man behind the scenes there who, who doesn't get the credit and his knowledge and the the amount of work that he puts in alongside his his regular job you know they all do to be fair you know they're, they're all uh, going above and beyond that you know they all have regular jobs and, and regular careers um, and and a, a fought I think that's the right word. They've fought for Forest Rally in Wales and, and, and won effectively, or, or at least we're, we're winning the battle. So, um, you know, just a heartfelt thank you to, to those guys for the amount of work that they put in behind the scenes, you know, above and beyond what they're paid for or, or what they get in return, um, which allows everyone to go Forest Rally in Wales, including Rally GB. Um, but, you know, all the other events that, that happen in Wales as well or, or will hopefully happen in, in 2021 thanks to this deal. So um, uh, big credit to them. And if you don't know Rally for Wales, go and seek them out. They're on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And, and Jamie Edwards is always good fun on social media and is uh, one of the key people there. And he's an, another one you can go and seek out and, and see what they're up to as well. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah, um, I spoke about it last week and the way the press release went out, it made no reference to Rally for Wales. So I wasn't 100% sure as we recorded what was going on. And I actually expressed the concern that whether Rally for Wales were, were, were involved. Um, now, there was no, as Jack just said, there was no mention of them at all. Um, kind of doesn't surprise me with the way things are at the moment with regards to the, both the bodies that uh, have come to the deal, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but everything that Jack just said, plus one or plus a million as far as I'm concerned from my side. Uh, Richard Keane, I doff my cap to you, sir. I doff my cap. Um, Ryan Champion, you're any other business? Um, well, my any other business for this week is that we're seeing Petter Solberg and Andreas Mickelson back in the World Rally Championship. Yes. So, um, albeit it's not quite as simple as it seems, we're going to see uh, the Citroen C3 back in action in Sardinia. Uh, I think we're going to see Andreas Mickelson do the shakedown. We're going to see Petter Solberg do the power stage, which that'll be good to see. Um, and uh, we'll see the, the C3 back in action. And, and it links into the, the second part of that. And I had a little bit of a look at... Um, uh, the number of chassis that have been built since 2017. We saw these new regulations. We, we're maybe going to see the end of these regulations pretty soon. Uh, but Citroen have actually built 21 of the uh, the current spec chassis. Um, you might might be no surprise, M Sport. We know about their budget situation. They've done the last few years with just 12 chassis, which is half what Hyundai have used. They've had 24 different chassis uh, with Toyota on 17. And the interesting thing, I guess, is if we see a change of regulations, some of these cars we may never see again. You know, we haven't seen any Toyotas sold. Um, the, there's the odd Hyundai out there. The odd. Uh, Ford out there uh, will we see any Citroens out there and uh, you know th there's been an awful lot of cars over the years when you think about it that have just disappeared into the ether all of Volkswagen Polos for example so uh, uh, yeah just a bit of an update on uh, on chassis and um, you know be did you see did you see and Gary Boyd sent this one to me last week and I should have mentioned it the fact that uh, Peugeot Citroen had sold off the uh, the Citroen that lobe appeared uh, in with the different livery on Monte Carlo. I uh, know. I don't think I did see that. Yeah, yeah. They sold it off. Apparently, three uh, seven hundred and thirty thousand euros. It was sold for. And I had his in interesting history. After Logue drove it, um, I think Craig Breen drove it. I think Chris won in it. 
um, during his time there as well. And then it was put back into its original livery from when Loeb had that, you know, that black livery, got black and gold livery. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was put into that and then it was put into the museum and then they sold it off. So I'm guessing there's no love lost there at the moment. I'm not sure, but, uh, but it's been sold off anyway. And Piersport have actually built up quite a collection of X, uh, X factory Citroens with, uh, with a good history. Yeah. So, uh, they, they've built up, um, you know, some interesting cars. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor, I knew your, any other business, please. I'm just interested to hear what our esteemed colleague, Mr. Champion, thinks of the FIA's expectation that Rally 3 will emerge as a top level in multi-series. So, in other words, Rally 3 is going to replace Rally 2, which used to be R5 for those championships that don't have a lot of R Rally 2, which used to be R5 cars around. Yeah, I had heard. I, I, yes, but I, I know exactly what, what Trev's saying, and I read the article and I remain unconvinced. Um, well, can, I ask you, can, I, can I ask a question before you go any further? Sorry to kind of jump in. There's a chance I won't be able to answer it, but ask away. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to ask Ryan Champion. Okay. Um, where does this leave those R4 cars that you tested? Uh. <sighs> In the markets that that category is working, I don't think it affects them because, you know, the cars that we're seeing people running, the, the Audi A1s, I see there was um, a Suzuki Swift just been finished. Kaito uh, was in one, wasn't he? Kaito, Kaito Kaitanovich yeah, tested yeah. one the other week. You know, we, there's a Dacia out there. There's, there so there's, there's a Mini. There's, uh, what I'm saying is the people that are running them uh, are running an homologated car of their choice, of their choice of manufacturer. So... You know they're they're running a car on FIA events that they can go out and compete in, and it, and they are competing well with the R5 cars at a lesser cost. And I think those those people carry on with it. You know they they're choosing to build the the car of their choice, which is the nice thing. And that that brings me to the thing about R3s or Rally 3, how many different manufacturers are we going to see in there? Obviously, we see M Sport at the minute. I think Opel are developing a car, um, but. For there to be any interest in this category, we need, you know, we need half a dozen different cars in there, or else it just becomes a one-make championship. Um, Which is what happened last time with the S3, really. Yes, and that's just what I was going to say. To make it the pinnacle championship at a national series, are they interesting enough, honestly? Are they fast enough? And and I'm not sure they are. Um, okay, you know, on dry, right. On dry tarmac, is it actually going to be any faster than, a, than the, the Rally 4 car, for example? Can I ask you a question? I think, I think the key point is that for for markets outside of Europe, so you're talking about Africa, maybe Middle East, where there are only a couple of our Rally Two cars, old R fives. That's what that's the thing. Yeah, but, it. I, but I still, you still need competition. They still need to be exciting. Um, and are they really going to keep up with the the, the well developed Evo tens that are running out there? I'd be surprised. Honestly, is, that, is there not a case though of of, of best drivers? Um, if the drivers are good enough, then they're going to be, they are going to look good. Well, no, because it didn't happen in the British Championship with DS3s, as you rightly said. Do you know, you know, what, I dis- a- do you know what? I disagree, though. I think if you actually went out and watched some of those rallies. Yeah, but not many people did. You know, that's the problem. We don't have many spectators. It has to make good TV or, or whatever. It has to be exciting, whichever way you consume the, the media from the events now. And uh, and they just sounded terrible, honestly. They sounded terrible, and it was a one-mate championship. So people were driving their hearts out in them. And you're quite right. If you were stood at the side of the stage, they in the right place, they were as spectacular as anything. But that doesn't capture 
the imagination of the public, does it? No. Did you ever go in one? Do you ever? Do you ever? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were a great bit of kit. Fantastic I really did. Car. A great yeah. car to drive. Uh, but so were the old Group N cars, you know, back to the Mitsubishis and the Subarus. And, you know, we had some great competition in them, but people didn't particularly like watching them. No. You know, let's face it, people even say R5 cars are boring to watch, which if they're not driven on the edge, dare I say they are. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair dues. Um, right. Um, so, just- so the answer to your question, Trevor, is uh, I remain sceptical. Uh, my, my second, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, it was always, always nice to just ask your opinion about different categories, whether rally categories or there are categories. Um, the other piece of business really quickly is uh, Alejandro Agag, who we just spoke about before, who created Formula E and then Extreme E, has now created E1. The E1 series is about electric power boat racing, which will help raise awareness of about waterways and the pollution, etc. Um, so we need to get a class for electric rally cars in the World Championship. There you go. So. Uh, completely unrelated, it just reminded me of, 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 of a joke. A friend of mine, who's actually just done Britain's Got Talent, uh, a guy called Steve Royal, he was a very, very funny man, but he used to do a joke about a kid getting um, uh, a submarine for Christmas. Um, and they took it to the lake on Christmas Day. I'm not doing this justice, but took it to the lake on Christmas Day, and he was told not to press dive, and he pressed dive, and he was stood there for hours just thinking that his submarine was still there, never to be seen again. Is a submarine a cross between a sombrero and a submarine, then? That's him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Spanish submarine. (laughs) Is it? And he was wearing dungarees. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Steve. I know you don't listen, but if if anybody tells Steve, yeah, I didn't do your gag justice. Um, Right. uh, My end of the business this week, uh, the immortal one. uh, I'm going to use that term. There can be only one. He's from the clan Kopetsky. Highlander. Jan Kopetsky. (laughs) Jamie tweeted me about this the other day, and when you take I a follow, look, I followed the tweets. And I yeah. did see them, and it's true. If Ian Capetti gets in a Skoda Fabia, he wins, and he still looks exactly the same age as what he looked when I first seen him. He's just, he's, he's there's definitely he is the immortal one when it comes to Skoda. Whether he's he's in cryogenically. Uh, goes back to Skoda Motorsport in between events and gets put in this little holding area. I really, really don't know. But he was back out last weekend winning events over in Czech Republic. And I, I if you look at EWRC, and again, the guys there do a fantastic job, um, and just have a little look. Uh, and we may be talking about EWRC a little bit more in the future. Yes, we might be. We Stay might be. Tuned. Stay tuned for that one. Um, is that we, 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 you look at it and it's just class win, class win, class win, class win, class win. Um, he just, he hardly ever loses when he gets in a Super 2 car, as it was back in the day, or an R5 car. He's the immortal one. He is the greatest Skoda motorsport driver, I think, of all time. There you go. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. And I'm sure there'll be a statue of him in, in future. So that's my end of the business for this week. I was going to mention Rally for Wales, but Jack took that one. But uh, yeah, the immortal one, Jan Kopetsky. All the power to you, brother. All the power to you. There's all, there's all the bobble hatters out there now talking about John Hogland and shaking their heads about the 1986 RAC. Yeah, no, you can do but that. I, but, no, but, no, but, but you want to put two records side by I, side. I, I agree. I think he's done. Uh, he's done a brilliant job. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even against uh, even against a young Robin Pera, he still did very very well. I know Cali was still young and, and and new to the game, but he he really went well against him. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, he did. And you know, you you look, and I genuinely, I'm just as I'm speaking to you, I'm just scrolling down. First, 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 second, EWRC. Uh, sorry, EWRC, WRC two Pro first, ERC first. You know, it's just it's just bonkers. And I know we spoke and about to be it fair before. To him, he's only been finishing second in the Czech Republic this year because they've allowed WRC cars back in. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, there you go. Right, um, that's it for this week, boys. Um, for you guys anyway, we're gonna we'll, we'll have a little break. We are going to come back. We're going to be talking. Speaking of ERC, we're going to be talking ERC with Chris Rawls, of course, who does the coverage with with Fred of the show. Julian Porter, the rally guru. So uh, Chris is going to be joining us before he flies off to Portugal. So we're going to have a little talk about that. And then after Chris, we're going to have uh, we're going to have Rich Milner, as I mentioned before, as well. Um, so Jack Bennion's already checked out on his boys. He's already tapped out and gone. I, I think his forfeit should be to listen to last week's episode twice. Yeah, and and and, and asking questions on it next week. Yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll test them on it next week. <laughs> uh, thank you, boys. Brian, thank you for turning up this week. Uh, that's all right. I'll try and turn up again next week. Good luck. And, and, and Trev, just, just thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. I'll be back after this break. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Thanks for the boys for joining me at the top, talking absolute nonsense as ever. But uh, we, we go from talking nonsense and passionate nonsense, nevertheless, to a man who knows his onions. Um, is it onions? I don't know. What, what, what is what is the, is there a national vegetable or fruit for Portugal? I suppose it's grapes. Chris Rawls, sorry, and the, 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 as intros go, this is possibly one of the worst ones I've ever done. But Chris Rawls from ERC, welcome back to Absolute Rally, my friend. Hey, it's, it's great to be uh, invited back, Tony. I think it's been about five years since you last had me on the programme. And then I had me, uh, me, me nerdy glasses on and I was talking about <laughs> drones in the sport, I think. But, um, wow, yeah, and how important yeah. they are now. No, I know, it was a long, long time ago, but I feel honoured. When I had the phone call from you the other day, I felt, I was like, I'm going, either Tony's desperate or uh, you know, he's gone through his favourite contact book and he's got to the bottom and he's come to me to talk about the ERC. Yeah, yeah, but, high uh, up, you're high up, Chris. Yeah. Never, oh, never, really? ever think that. You never, you yeah. never, ever low down for me, Chris, in, in any way, oh, shape you. or form. But listen, uh, it's lovely to have you back. Um, we've got, uh, you know, it's a weird old rally season, which we which we know. Um, you guys obviously have been traveling around. You've got a shortened calendar as every championship is at the moment. Mm. Just, I suppose, for, for briefly, how has it been for you? How has it been to try and make the, the coverage work? Because, of course, it's you and Jules that are doing the coverage. How, how tough a challenge has yeah. that been for you? Well, to be honest, the other season, we were expecting this to start in the Azores in March earlier this year. And as the COVID pandemic rocked the world, you know, it, the season was pushed back and back and back. And I've got to say, you know, Eurosport Events, the promoter of the uh, FIA European Rally Championship, John Baptist Lay, who is the, the championship coordinator, uh, championship coordinator. I can't even say that this morning. I need to have my coffee a bit more. But um, uh, JB works so hard behind the scenes to, to, to get Rally de Roma up and running at the end of July. And there was a lot of pressure on us as a championship um, because we were the first international motorsport event uh, in rallying to, to restart after COVID. 
So when we went to Rome in July, we were all a little bit on tender hooks of, of, of how the new normal was going to be in the sport. So our championship, we were kind of, I don't know, the feeder sort of series into the WRC, and, and we were the benchmark, and we were setting the standards for when the, the World Championship kicked kicked off later in the year. And um, this new normal, you know, sanitizing, face masks, microphones on booms, you know, working at meter distance away from the drivers in the cars, it was just completely weird, um, and, and how to get used to, to, to this. But you know, it soon becomes the new normal, Tony. So, you know, we sanitize everything and, um, you know, hand sanitizer, face masks on. And it's really weird. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible for recognizing a driver with his helmet <laughs> off at the end of the stage. If you see them walking through the service park, they some guy, you know, um, you know, uh, Rukesh Habai, I thought he had long hair. He's a regular on the ERC, but when you see him without his helmet on, he's actually bald. You know, he's got really <laughs> short hair, and it's like, your face looks different when you're taking your helmet off. But now it's even worse, because we've got to wear face masks. So you can't, re- you, you, the only facial expressions you have is with eyes. And uh, I'm trying to read those. I'm becoming a master of reading people's eyes now. And um, doing the eye smile is where you have to put you your need, eyebrows up. And, you, <laughs> you need to start a poker school. Yes. ERC yeah. poker school. You put those skills into some, you know, you could earn some extra yeah. money out of this, is what I'm saying, Chris. You well, could earn some extra money. Work- Working with Julian Porter is like <laughs> poker the whole time because he keeps his cards super close to his chest, but eventually we'll break him down and crack out the information out of him over the weekend. Um, but this weekend, Tony, we're off. Um, it's Portugal. We're off uh, off there to a new event on the calendar, round three. I suppose it's like the halfway point of the season, and we've only had Rome and Latvia so far. But uh, Rome was on tarmac. You know, great a rally that we've been to a number of years. Latvia has been a regular on the ERC since uh, the ERC was rebooted in um, in 2013, wasn't it? So we've been going for a few years now up in Latvia. Um, that was on the, the, the fast, loose gravel. Now Rome, it's uncharted territory for all the regulars on the ERC. Back onto tarmac for a new event. So all of us, we don't really know what to expect apart from they've got a recce and then we tackle it nose on Saturday and Sunday. No qualifying stage in, uh, in Rally Fast this year. So um, we've just got shakedown on Friday afternoon. So it's a real compact event coming up for us, buddy. I was just about to say we we've we've got you know just just if we can dip into the drivers because um yeah. we 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 we've got the perennial kind of lucky enough who, who who just seems to be the benchmark for for, for everybody, and mm. then we've got these these, these young chargers um, coming yeah. in. We've got Oliver Solberg who's, who's who's driving a rally car every minute of every day. It feels like at the moment. You've got the yeah. guys from MRF. You've got Craig Green, Emil Lindholm, of course, also doing yeah. doing the championship. So you've got uh, not only have you got some new events you've got some new drivers obviously we know craig's been there you know way back when uh but obviously he's a, he's a fully fledged wrc driver these days you know he's you know, not too far a point on it he's probably one of the, the sharper drivers there now so to, to have somebody like him there as well and i suppose this young up and coming you know uh solberg as well lucky enough's got to keep 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 him keep, keep his hand in to say the least and and and, and keep his foot down but uh, it's it's exciting in the sense of we're not just getting the same drivers going back. 
Exactly. Well, the, the, the ERC doesn't position itself as a rival to the World Championship. We, we see ourselves as a feeder series to, to, to the World Championship. So it's great where Craig has come through the ranks of the ERC. He's gone up to world level, but it's also great to have um, a household name such as Craig Breen back, um, working with MRS tyres to, to develop those in the ERC this year. Alexi Lukanuk has been a household name, as you say, in the ERC for a number of years. He's a 2018 champion and is leading the uh, the season so far by four points over Oliver Solberg. You know, Solberg, we've seen him before. He won in Latvia a few weeks ago, but uh, Solberg had his first international win in Latvia a few years earlier. So we see ourselves as the ERC as this, this feeder series onwards and upwards. So we get some good names. And as a result of the, uh, the COVID, I hate to mention that word COVID again, this global pandemic, but we, we, we've had some new faces, other regular um, world championship drivers coming back to the ERC, a load of people trying to just get their extra seat time and a bit more kilometers under their belts before they headed off to um, uh, the World Championship restarting in Estonia. Craig is good to have him back. Solberg is phenomenally quick and he has a lot of experience and, you know, with Petter behind him and Penilla and the team there, you know, they, they are a professional setup where the ERC swings from one side, it, you know, you know fully-fledged factory drivers almost are on one side of the service park to then your more um, wealthy gentlemen, your gentleman drivers, somebody who is a, a well-performing privateer that comes to the championship. So we get a, a whole load of regulars, you know, Albert von Thurnen, Taxis, uh, Nicholas uh, Meyer, Malenhoff from, uh, from Austria. I mean, those two drivers both used to work uh, or, or race together in the same team in GTs, uh, driving the Lamborghinis years ago, but they just like to come to the ERC. They take it professionally and, uh, and, and, and they just enjoy their seat time and being part of this family community that's the, uh, the, the, the ERC. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we've got Jan Domenico Basso is get, again uh, arriving in, uh, in FAF this weekend. So, so Basso, fast Italian driver. We only normally see him on one event of the year in, in Rome on his home event, but Basso's here this weekend. You were mentioning Emil Lindholm. Uh, uh, having uh, the MRF tyres shot on his car. He had a massive shunt last weekend in Finland. And um, at the moment, I'm trying to find out whether they've got enough body shells or, or whether the car's actually starting the event. Lindholm's big shunt. You can see it online. But, I've seen uh, the image, yeah. Crashing. It was uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was a nasty one, wasn't it? And uh, do you know mm. what? I, I, I always wince. I kind of look at stuff <laughs> like that and try not to look at it too hard, to be honest with you. It's one of them. I'd never, they never sit well with me looking at accidents. They really don't. Yeah, yeah. You've got to talk about just one other guy, Callum Devine, backed by Motorsport Ireland. Uh, Callum came to Hungary at the end of last season, um, mid-November last year. Uh, Callum came along, you know, was on the podium there. Motorsport Ireland, recognized how good the ERC is as uh, developing the careers of drivers. Callum, you know, he's back for a full season this year. Unfortunately, um, you know, his engine expired in Rome just on day number one. So that was it over and done with for him. No fault of his own. And then a monumental shunt for him in uh, in Latvia a few weeks ago where he just missed judged a corner and rolled so heavily that uh, he peeled the, uh, the the roof of his uh, Hyundai off like a tin of sardines. Fortunately, um, they were both okay and could walk away from that. But, but Callum's so 
he just doesn't big himself up when he has massive accidents. He just says, well, it is what it is. That's rallying. But um, yeah, it'd be good to see him again later in the season anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. As you say, it is a shortened season for you guys mm. as well. Um, the, I I'm not too sure how, how much it has been announced yet, but I think you, the, the ERC is also looking at finishing a little bit later in the year also in, 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 a, in a similar region to where WRC is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've seen that the, the calendars of, we've been sort of playing this hopscotch around Europe, trying to get the calendar to work. And as I say, you know, the dedication of, of uh, Eurosport events, you know, we've, we've managed to hold on to a six round calendar. It was a big surprise that Azores, um, isn't being held this year. That's being put off until next year, just because running these events behind closed doors is, is, is kind of a, an impossible task when it's rallying and we're out in the countryside. So trying to run an event without the fans is, is, is really weird, especially when you spread over a big geographic area. Now, World Championships finishing in each this year. That was a round that we used to be on the ERC a few years ago, but we're going to Spa this year for our final round of the season, middle of December this year. So a late finish for us, but to fit all these events into it. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we're not going to Cyprus this year. Um, so, so it, I mean, Zlin, we haven't been to the Barham Czech Rally, which has been on the staple of the ERC for years and years and years. So everything's all a bit shook up. So out of our six events that we've got on the season, you know, we've got our regular rounds, but we've got this new one in FAF this weekend and, and SPA at the end of the year. So these, these two events that are going to sort of mix it up a bit. Because I suppose sometimes you get a little bit complacent, even Julian and myself, when we're heading out on our recce, um, you know, for, for any event. We're like, yeah, we've been here before. This is the stop line that we had in 2015, or this is the stage from 2017, but run in the opposite direction. Um, so this one, as I say, we're heading into uncharted territory, Tony, but it should be good, even though it's being run behind closed doors. I've seen what? some of the recce photographs. Oh, sorry, I'll keep, I, I could keep waffling forever. No, 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 it's fine. What's, obviously, we, 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 do have, we do have the radio to, to, to keep in contact. I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of radio. I'm, I'm old school, <laughs> so the fact we've still got ERC radio is, 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 is a mat. It gives me a warm glow because I plug in my phone when I get in the car and it's just, really? I'm just listening to it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great. I think, I think it's, it's something think, that is important, I think. Yeah, we, we, we take great pride, uh, Julian and myself, you know, and, and, and the way ERC radio has sort of um, morphed over the years, we're... You know, we, we're fully on it. You know, from dawn till dusk, we, we, we don't pride ourselves as being the, the, the breaker of all news, but we're, um, as it happens when it happens, you know, we can be waffling to each other at the end of the stages, just talking about complete and utter nonsense before the cars arrive. And then it's serious stuff. Um, to, to get the news out from the drivers. And I think the drivers actually enjoy um, having us at the end of the stages because it, it, they feel like it's an achievement. If they can talk to us at the end of the stage, they've, they've, they've completed another one and, uh, and they can move on to the next one. And knowing that their comments that they say are broadcast to you guys listening at home, but also to the production crew in the office who are making the program that's going out that night, um, to the guys who are doing the social media, to Richard who's writing the website stories. And it, and it kind of knits the, the championship together in terms of communicating to, to the world, which kind of puts a lot of pressure on our shoulders as well to get it right sometimes. But in all honesty, Tony, I prefer to be honest. And if we mess up, we mess up and we fold our hand up and don't pretend that <laughs> <laughs> this is all normal and swimming in the background. 
I have heard that staff, though, is going to be a little bit of an issue in terms of phone coverage. Um, we uh, sent some crew down there a few weeks ago to go and do a recce of the event. And what I'm hearing at the moment is it's going to be quite challenging at the end of the stages in terms of phone signal and, of course, internet connection at those stages that we rely on. So what I've been assured, and I hope it will happen when we do our recce, is that uh, the organisers are putting in um, 4G repeaters and uh, um, phone masts here and there so, to enable us to uh, do all our Facebook Live coverage um, from, from those stages. And, of course primarily link out with our uh, radio equipment to the studio here in the UK so we can stream ERC radio. So you'll be happy driving along with the radio plugged in. Absolutely. I get surprised, actually, when somebody listens to us. They say, oh, I was listening to you on the radio today. It's like, really? Were you actually <laughs> listening to us? But, uh, no, it's really, really good fun. And, um, I mean, I've been doing radio on, uh, you know, on, on rallying now. When did we start World Rally Radio? That was back in 2000 and... Year 2000, actually, we first tried um, doing uh, World Rally Radio, and then we put it live in Monte Carlo in 2001 with Bex, uh, and then Colin joining us after that. And um, we've been going on ERC radio uh, for a long, long time now, me and Julian. So, yeah, hopefully you won't get rid of us yet. No, happy days. Well, listen, uh, to stay in contact, folks, uh, the ERC app, I can highly recommend them. It's a very easy <laughs> way also of, of, of listening to the radio. Chris, uh, I'll let you go and pack because obviously you've got to be on, a, on an airplane in the not too distant future. Yeah. So thanks for doing a bit of a preview, bringing us up to speed, of course, what's going on within ERC. Uh, folks, we're going to go to a little break and we'll be back with Rich Milner. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. We did talk about him last week. I flippantly even used the word grizzly again. I quickly retracted it and called him Mr. Milner. Uh, welcome back to Absolute Rally, Mr. Milner. Grizzly, yeah, I'm glad you put me up in your expectations slightly. <laughs> well, I made the re- the old the old lazy reference that I always used to say was grizzly, and I, we 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 had John Desborough with us last week, and I said, oh no, I'm going to admit it. We've got to we've got to pause. We can't do that. It's Mr. Milner now. You know, he's he's he's, he's a boss. <laughs> He's a boss. John can take over the grizzly side. John John likes a bit, uh, uh, you know, non-shaving period as well. He's getting there now. He's getting there now. I think it's, it's this lockdown and obviously working from home now as well. Um, so yeah, I, I well, writing his book as well and everything. You know, he's obviously fallen into that. Uh, I started reading free, I, free spirit. I started reading the book last night. To be honest with you. So um, yes, it's everything you would expect from a John Desborough book. And then some. And more, I would imagine. And then yeah. some, yeah. Lots of it will seem familiar. Spookily familiar. That's all I'll say. Spookily familiar. So, I think uh, I'd best not read this book. Yeah, probably stay away from it. Probably stay away from it. You've got, you've got more than enough going on, mate, haven't you? Let's be honest. Um, welcome back. Yeah, as, as I say, um, we, we've managed to get some WRC rounds, um, from a, from a team, uh, point of view. How have the last, two beam for you it, 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 it seems almost normal watching it has it been almost normal being on event I think um, you know it's been first of all it's great to be back and doing some events uh, I think a few uh, months ago none of us thought that was going to be possible and we've done two events in two very different countries and 
we managed to get through with no problems. So that's really positive. Um, it is strange not having any spectators in service park, um, but you know Estonia did a very good job in allowing uh, a certain number of spectators to various points on the stages, which seemed to work very well, very well controlled. And Turkey effectively was a, a non-spectator event. Um, there were a few that made their way out there as normal, but they were, you know, they're pretty much locals um, who live on the route. So that's got to be expected. It's impossible to completely shut down the countryside. But, you know, we did two good events and didn't miss any stages. And uh, that was really positive going forward. And within a week and a half, we'll be off to the third in Sardinia. Um, so it'd be great to get those in. I think Ypres is still going to be a challenge. We don't know what we're heading into this next period of time. Um, but, you know, it's just great to have done some more rallies and had some really exciting ones to watch, especially Turkey. I think mean, it's chaos to watch as a spectator. So it's been great entertainment as well. Yeah, I think stage nine was one of those stages where everybody kind of had to have hands in their uh, head in their hands, rather, I should say. I'm going to repeat that again. Yeah, I think stage nine was one of those stages where we all had our, our head in our hands. What was it like as, as a team boss? Were you kind of either hoping that nobody came out but just one Ford, or was it one of those moments where you thought, if I get any cars out of here, it's going to be a bonus? I think it was one that we, well, we certainly didn't believe it. We called it a computer glitch at one point, because I think Cali was the first one to stop, and then I think Timo stopped, then EP, and then maybe Loeb or someone else. And we were like, this can't be right. You know, everybody's just stopping. Um, it's just got to be. And then they, they cut back to EP on the TV and he was still going. So we were like, oh, it's got to be made up. And then a couple of others started going again. And then it transpired into this stage. It's just ultimately crazy. And I think the biggest difficulty was knowing that, yeah, you know, it's ifs and buts, but Timu had the suspension failure. But had he got through, he probably would have jumped up to second. <laughs> that was wow. one of those ones you'll... You'll never live down, but you know we didn't, and unfortunately we did have the failure. But you know, I think as a as, a, as any team during that stage, everybody would have been frustrated with what happened. But you've got to remember, you've got to step back and think from a spectator point of view. It would have been fantastic to watch. It was one of the ones where you'll never have as much drama in another stage in another twenty rallies, I would imagine. You, you mentioned Timu there. It's it's been it's been uh, it's been a long season, but an incredibly short season events-wise because it just feels like it's been about ten years since since we were in Mexico. Of course, obviously he he has had your your only podium this year. All the guys, you know, it must be difficult for them as much as it's difficult for you guys as well to to to, to kind of give them a G up as well and. You know, are they feeling the effects of, of, of budgets and things from their side as well? Because obviously we, they all have partners and stuff, obviously, that they bring to the table. Is that is that part of the issue for those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Estonia, we knew, was always going to be difficult. You know, we, it was the fastest rally of the year anyway, probably faster than Finland would have been. Um, and to jump back into a car with effectively no testing and no, no events um, was always going to be difficult to do and be able to push at that absolute uh, limit uh, when the other manufacturers had done a number of days of testing each so we were kind of on the back foot a little bit there um, but you know the, 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 it's just human nature that you get slightly less enthusiastic when you're not fighting at the front but we got through that event and we went to Turkey positive um, and I think we did some positive stage times and we had some reasonably uh, in some ways in terms of splits and we were we were as fast as some of the top guys on a number of splits, but 
just again, you know, the ability to not test at the moment is plays on their mind, whether it plays on their mind more than reality of what it does to their stage times, we don't know. But we've just got to keep working with them and pushing them and doing as much as we can. You know, there's no point getting upset at where we are. It is where we are and we've just got to deal with that at the moment. So we've just got to make the best of what we've got and um, keep pushing and being positive. It seems bonkers to even think that the next WRC event we're talking about is the penultimate round of the season. Um, going into that, is the is there, is there anything that technology wise or, or or whatever that you guys can 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 roll out, or is it a case of now of of, of kind of just getting through to twenty twenty one and and kind of resetting and starting again? Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're in that position for twenty one now. You know, we have got some some things coming. We've done a lot of work on the engine. And there will be a fairly substantial upgrade for that, but we just don't have that at the moment, and that's mainly due to our testing program for signing that off was severely affected during the lockdowns. Um, well, we can't afford to rush that that particular upgrade. Um, and also, the homologation process is at certain dates and times that you can get it in. So, um, you know, we're, we're hoping to, to meet the next set of deadlines, um, but it does mean in Zardinia we're pretty much where we were in uh, the last two events. We're doing a bit of work with the dampers to try and find some more options. But again, you know, we will have an opportunity to test them before the event. There will be tests on the shakedown, uh, which is always a difficult one because it's not necessarily always completely relevant to the event. Um, but like I said, you know, that's where we are. We all accept that. It's been a tough four weeks in general for the whole team. You know, it's been really hard work on them guys to go from Estonia straight to Turkey effectively. The cars didn't come back. We were in practice in which is always more challenge and then you add in the heat and everything else that goes with it and the long days it does make it a tough time just for the, the mechanics and the rest of the team as well as the drivers so once we're through this period we've got a bit of a reset after Sardinia before what could be the last round in Ypres I was just going to what could be the last round and this is something we've been talking about for, for the last couple of weeks as well and, and you know I, I called on a little bit of experience I had way back of, 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 of Will Rallycross calendar planning um, you know, in, in many ways, obviously, this this is a World Rally Championship that we've had, but you know, historically, it had to visit so many continents. Where are we at with regards to, to rounds, Rich? You know, what is the pressure with regards to? Um, you know, it was said there has to be kind of seven rounds. I think at one point, obviously, we're now a kind of in the situation where we've got obviously Sardinia and then we've got Ypres and at the moment there's no other options if we did only have a six rounds is that even being broached by anybody yet? Um, I mean I think you will have seen like a lot of people the news about uh, potentially this Monza idea and uh, I know there is discussions about should we need the seventh event if we can't run Ypres uh, I think it would be Maybe not has been advertised at the moment. A lot of this Monza stuff's been recycled from an idea that came around in March when when we were locked down effectively. Um, and I think we know that an event purely on the racetrack is probably unobtainable for a WRC level, but there might be an option to be a bit more than that. Um, but I think at the moment, we've got to concentrate that something is going to happen. We know it is. Um, we hope it will happen. And in that case, seven is what we wanted. Um, and that's what we'll have. So... You know, we we can go with that, but these next few weeks are going to be telling because the situation globally changes. It might be more difficult, and we'll just have to be uh, fluid and, and come up with decisions and ideas as we go forward. Because I think we've all learned you can only really plan a few months in advance at the moment because so much can change so quickly. Uh, but I think we've, we've all done a really good job in 
being able to attend and do as much as we can. And, you know, when you when you when you travelled around a bit like I have in the last couple of months, you realise when you sit in the UK and watch the UK news, it can lead you down a very different path. What's happening out there and what life's like outside of UK. So I think you know we've got to be careful. We don't get drawn into into thinking everything is as uh, restricted as maybe it, we think it is. Okay. Um, uh, the words Rally Legend and Rich Milner are often put in the same sentence. And I'm going to smash them together now. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not. We're, I was just about to say, I'm going to smash them together now. You rearrange them as you see fit, Rich. But uh, <laughs> speaking of which, you are at Rally Legend this weekend, which again is, is another event which, 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 which is going on. You guys are out there, uh, with Adrian Form, I think it is. And, you know, again, it's, it, it's 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 fun you know it's this is the thing i think we all need a bit of fun at the moment don't we yes yeah uh, i think it will you know it will be different to the previous years uh, i don't think it would be possible to be quite the same in terms of uh spectators and, and the way things are but at the same time you know italy is operating under a different set of rules to the uk so um you know we just to be careful and make sure we're always in attendance with the governmental rules for these events um, but you know normally the event is a, a great collection of very interesting and different cars and some great names there and, and you know we're going in terms of supporting Michelin as part of one of our trade partners um, and we're going to put Adrian Formo in the WRC car for the first time so that'll be a really exp- real good experience for him he's done a few shakedowns for us in the car this year um, but it'd be nice to give him the time in, a, in the car away from just um, the airfield, which is a, has about two corners. So uh, I think he's going to have a pretty exciting weekend, I would suggest. And, you know, he's done a really good job for us in the last couple of events in WRC2. So it's kind of a bit of a bit of a um, treat for him, really. I think I've crashed on both of those corners on the airfield. Just just, just, just to add a bit of <laughs> all, all context. All the best have. Yeah, you know, unless unless you do, you know, the best the best people have definitely done that. So you're in the right. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I, I was genuinely hoping to see that you know there might have been a Milner on the back window again after you know after the M Sport stages. I've I done, thought that might no, have happened. I've done my bit for the, I've done my bit for a few years now. Um, <laughs> I might venture back out on on a road rally again soon. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think my stage rallying career is done until probably. 2023, 24. Right, okay. Is that, does that mean I, I you don't want to get too... Uh, yeah, you don't mean... Uh, yeah, you put me off coming back again, to be honest. <laughs> there you go, that's my claim to fame. I can retire now, Rich. <laughs> I got close at the end. I got close at the end. Yeah. You did? It was, it was fast and it was competitive out there. And I watched you on board and I thought your on boards were very, very good, actually. It was the only bit that was good, you know. The other forty minutes on boards were dropped. I'm glad. I'm glad I shared my setup information with you. See, that's that's what yeah, two no, team well, players I will put are. It down to you, you know. Yeah, that's what two. That's that, that's what team players are. You see. That's yeah. You do. Exactly. That's what you do. Yeah, you and, did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for my hat. So we were talking about this before. Okay. We got an M Sport hat, and you, you may have seen on social media. Johnny's now claimed it. Daddy didn't even get it. So there you go. Uh, listen, Rich, it's it's always lovely to catch up with you, and I know it's really difficult just for various reasons at the moment for for the way the world is. Obviously, the WRC is um, try and try and relax and enjoy Rally Legends uh, as best as you can, and uh, get yourself ready and reset, ready for Sardinia. 
Perfect, thank you. Hopefully uh, we'll speak again at some point soon. Absolutely. Uh, folks, that has been Absolute Rally for this week. If you've not joined in on the Kielder quiz yet, please, 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 uh, sending your answers to studio at absoluterally.co.uk. If you can name all those wheels, if it's any consolation, I named two of them when they were first sent to me. And I've got the answers and I'm still getting one wrong. And we'll be back same time, same place, email podcast hole next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.